Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Win tonight. Awesome, awesome. Isaiah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. What an honor, what a blessing, what a incredible privilege to be on your show on your platform i know all your guests are on here all your uh, viewers are on here it is a blessing i'm doing very very well thank you very much listen it is time that you come, come to south on. africa south africa is hungry for you uh they're hungry for the demon slayers come you on know, we're out here doing it on our own here and it's a it's a little bit we need help uh but south africa is on fire south africa is hungry south africa is ready for revival and i know when you come you will be so well accepted by everyone i mean people can just let's see in the comment section how many of you would i can see on my on Come my on. feed there because we cross platforming i want to ask the guys on where who is on my facebook on uh on my facebook feed i want to ask you get over to isaiah's facebook feed go on to his page type in isaiah saldivar go on to there so that the comments can all be in one section that'll really be great but i can see people are saying just can't wait, must come. Woo-hoo. This is this is awesome. But thank you so much, Isaiah. It's been uh, long overdue. You know, so many people have spoken to me about you. I've, I've watched your stuff for for quite some time. You theologically, you are on point. Uh, uh, spiritually, you are on point. Uh, you know, you the power of God, the presence, the hand of God is upon your life for many years. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for this friendship, this long, fruitful relationship that God is doing. Absolutely, man. I'm honored to have you on. I know for you, it's three o'clock in the morning, but you were telling me you're a night owl. I'm also a night owl. So, hey, the fire's just getting started tonight. I'm excited for that. And anytime I could connect with guys or get a part with guys that are doing deliverance, that are seeing miracles, that are seeing signs and wonders, that have a radical testimony, I'm like, man, I want to be a part of that. And I believe tonight, I just wanted to just prophetically speak this. There are many of you watching that are dealing with addiction. There's some of you in the comments right now. You came on here saying, I have drug addiction. I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm addicted to food which we'll talk about. I'm addicted to sex. I'm addicted to pornography. And I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, even prophet, as you share your testimony, I believe the power of addiction is going to be broken. There is a real spirit of addiction that is influencing many of you watching. And I believe tonight by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that God is going to do the work, that God is going to break the addiction, that there is real power tonight. And I'm believing this, that you're going to walk out of this broadcast addiction free. We have to get to a place where we're tired of going from Sunday to Sunday, living in addiction, more faith in pills, more faith in prescriptions than in the power of God. But tonight we are prescribing the spirit of God. We are prescribing. Jesus said, I cast out demons by the finger of God, by the spirit of God. And tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the spirit of God, addiction is going to break. Maybe it's caffeine addiction. Hello, somebody in the chat, help me. And you you have withdraws. If you don't have caffeine, you have withdraws. If you don't eat that junk food, God's going to deliver you. God is in the business of setting people free. So I really believe that. 
Pastor, I would love for you to just share your testimony, jump into some of this. You have a radical testimony. I think there's some stuff that you're gonna share tonight as well that you've never shared before. I'm just super excited to hear that. I would love for you just to jump into that and just tell us, how did you get saved? I always want, every guest I bring on, I ask them, hey, can you share your testimony? Because I love hearing the testimonies of what God has done. You know, I'm a product of deliverance. I'm a product of being healed. People say, well, why do you believe in deliverance so much? Because I'm a product of deliverance. Why do you believe in miracles so much? Because I'm a product of miracles. Why do you believe that we have to be like radically born again? I'm a product of that. I know you are as well. So just feel, feel liberty, feel free to just go ahead and share that. I'm excited, man. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Isaiah. And, uh, you know, uh, and as we know, listen, tonight I want you to stick, uh, to really stick and stay on. We're going to get into the testimony. And directly after that, myself and Isaiah is going to touch on very taboo subjects, um, things relating to uh, the prophetic, things that people are shunning. You know, being a prophet, being called as a prophet, uh, I know for sure from firsthand experience that you get, uh, you know, the, the Bible says that the inheritance of the prophets is is to be persecuted and killed. Wow. And we have the saying, apostles are stone, apostles die daily and prophets are stoned. And uh, you know, in fact, the scripture says this, it says the wisdom of God was to send them prophets so that they can kill those prophets and he can judge a whole generation for all the blood of all the prophets wow. on one generation. So the wisdom of God is to send me into a nation to be killed. So I love that scripture. It is the inheritance <laughs> <encouraging>, of <laughs> God's wisdom works totally different, but let's get into into, into a testimony and listen if you can if you had if you identify with what I'm sharing if you identify with what um, what uh, I've went through and uh, you know my testimony involves drugs uh, expulsion from school uh, the occult how I got into rituals how I got out of it how I got delivered in a drug den if you can relate to it I want you to let us know in the comments and if you say I want to be free if you say I'm dealing with smoking just like Isaiah said right now drinking drugs prescription medicine whatever it might be sugar addiction whatever it might be some people have replacement addictions they stop drugs and they start eating they start overeating so the dopamine still goes in the brain so if there is a uh, if you're struggling with any of that just put fire emojis and say i declare my freedom i receive my freedom tonight so that we can see we're going to pray for you we're going to renounce those demons and we know that by the end of tonight's broadcast when you wake up tomorrow morning that devil is going to be out we are not psychologists we are deliverers and the Bible says that saviors and deliverers will come out of Mount Zion, Zion in the book of Obadiah. But let me get into, into my testimony just a little bit. I was, a, I was very young, very, very young when I started drugs. I started drinking at the age of 11 uh, just because of a broken home. I was brought up in a house that Christ was, Christ was believed in, but it was believed in a I want to say, speaking to United States uh, crowd, it was more. I was more. It was a Roman Catholic type way. So mm. it was, or a uh, how can I say, it? the Anglican way. So it was more religious, very, very religious. No relationship. Um, so I had no relationship with Christ. I knew He died for me on the cross. Uh, that is all I knew. When I started drinking at the age of eleven, uh, started getting reckless. Uh, just a lot of things hanging. By the age of twelve, um, I started having my first sexual encounters. Uh, wow. We would be living in drug dens by that age already. I started taking drugs at the age of 12. Wow. Uh, that is in South Africa called still primary school. So that is like junior high or something like that. If I, I don't know, I'm not exactly sure how the elementary, I'm, I'm not exactly, you know, elementary in the United States compared to that. Yeah. But you're by the age of 13 or 12, 12, 12 to 13, I started taking drugs. Uh, at those days, that was about 
many years ago, about 20 years ago or so, I was, you know, the main drug there basically was, what we were on was LSD, acid, ecstasy, uh, smoking, obviously, uh, marijuana, uh, lacing with, with rocks and etc. Um, and then just any other substance abuse that we can find, uh, but mostly was acid. And what acid did and Alice, which as LSD opened me up for the spiritual realm, which initially opened me up into get into the occult. Now this mm. was, this was, um, this is a very dangerous road that I went on. I was by the age of 13, everything was peer pressure. But I want to say this, I went into this because I hated my father. Wow. I hated my earthly father. I believe he abused me. I believe that uh, that's how I perceived in those days. He was very violent. Uh, I hated him. And Satan knew I hated him. So because of that, the, um, there was a legal right for Satan to come into my life. Um, I remember scratch being, obviously, everybody starts off by cutting and being a cutter. I remember cutting on my arm out, how I hate my father. I would take the blood. This was by age 14, 13, between 13 and 14. And I wrote a contract to Satan in blood to say that I give my life and my soul to him. Now, wow. you'll hear the great testimony on this just now. So I remember about that. And one night we were all drunk in the house. And I mean, when we had parties, I mean, as I, I'm sure you, you guys were the same. If you had house parties, there would be, it would be uh, flooded with people. I mean, we would walk yep. over bodies of girls and guys and naked girls and everybody's just passed out or overdosed or it was, it was crazy. It was just, you don't care. You don't care what happens to a person. You don't care if they did or not. Uh, and you're age 13 years old, 30 years old. I remember giving that letter to my best friend. I, at the time I said to him, listen, yeah, keep this. Um, I said, I no longer want anything of God. And I said, I want power. And the reason I wanted power is because of the rejection that came from my earthly father. And I was bullied in, high, in school. So when I was in school, I was bullied a lot. I was a very small, feeble person. My body figure wasn't very big, so I was bullied. I, because of that rejection, I wanted power. I wanted something that I can prove to others. Um, and that is the reason why I went into the occult. So by age 14, we went. So in South Africa, you go from age 13 to 14, you go from primary school to high school so my first year in high school I was expelled already uh, for rebellion and reckless behavior I burned down trees burned down a classroom uh, just uh, did a lot of things got into a lot of fights uh, just rebellious the occultic the the occult that I got into just made things made me angry you know um, uh, it 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 made me angry to the point where uh, obviously you get metal music, We're not really metal. We went really into music such as Cradle of Filth. We went into uh, ritualistic music. Those are the stuff that we used to listen to every single day. Um, I was beginning to get friends with all the drug addicts, uh, five, six years older than me. They would begin to protect me. We were part of a gang. We lived in a drug house. Um, wow. So they would drop me off at school. Nobody would touch me at school. Nobody would dare come close to me. Um, this, was, this was the first year in high school, if I can say it like that. Then from there we we uh, uh, and 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 listen. By this time, I wanted nothing with God. I mocked mm. Christians. I remember the shame. There was this young guy. He's a pastor now, and he doesn't want to talk to me. And I tried to make amends to him, but there was a young guy there, and he tried to preach to me every day faithfully. And I did such wrong things to him. You know, I slapped him. I bullied him. I took porno magazines and wow. put it to his face, and just just uh, wrapped it with sellotape around his with tape 
tape around his uh, around his face. I mean, and you know, I was just really a mean person, mean spirited. I wasn't in my right mind. I was possessed, completely mm. possessed. One night, it was so bad. We took so much drugs that the next morning I forgot to put my clothes on when I went to school. So in South Africa, you have to wear a uniform, and I went into normal normal clothes, just going to school, sitting in the assembly, and all, everybody staring at me. And I realized, but what is going on? That all of a sudden the uh, uh, I realized, but wait, I don't have my school clothes on, and I had to run out of school, basically bail out of school uh, quickly before they caught me because in our schools you have demerit points, merit and demerits, and uh, my demerits went to about four or five thousand before I got expelled, wow. and the way I got expelled was. Uh, we would make our own alcohol. We would take brake fluid from cars, mix it with cool drink, drink it in school, burned, like I said, I burned on a tree, burned on half of a classroom, uh, got into a lot of fights. They expelled me the first year of high school. I went into another high school. Um, I was one week in that school. They wanted to expel me there again. Um, then my father, who was a principal, made a deal with them or begged them for me to stay there and at least to... to um, at least to have another chance. So I kind of like behaved, but I was more and more getting more and more into the occult. And I want to explain it when it comes to the occult and to drugs. So drugs and the occult obviously are very much related. Um, uh, it opens up the spiritual door. Uh, we would play. It was a normal, uh, a normal, a normal routine for me to play Ouija board. Mm. Uh, it was a normal routine for me to conjure up demons. It was a normal routine for me to uh, to 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 play Bloody Mary. It was a normal routine for me to astral travel or at least start practicing astral traveling. It takes a very long time to really get into into that. It's uh, all of this started, as I said, from rejection. I want to make this clear. I was self-styled Satanism. Mm. Not organizational, not generational. So self-styled Satanism is one of your most dangerous Satanism. Those are the guys that will go to school with a sword and chop off heads. We planted a church right now in a city that is the highest Satanic activity city in, um, in South Africa. And uh, there's a school right next to or very close to our church, and a young boy, he's in prison at the moment, he just came with a, a sword to school and cut four people's heads off, wow. and a samurai sword. And he, um, you know, uh, in the same city we're living, there was another group, a teacher, who manipulated two kids, uh, they two, uh, two sons, uh, uh, sorry, a son and a daughter, but they were students in the school, she was a teacher, and um, they were manipulated by a witch, they killed about 15 people in that city, ritualistic murders. Then wow. they had a hit list because we were preaching the gospel crazy. But this is not after my salvation. I'm j jumping the rope. I'll get back to my testimony now. Uh, but um, we, we were... Uh, we were preaching the gospel crazy all over, preaching in schools, getting people saved, thousands and th over 100,000 people getting saved. Um, just in schools, I was sharing my testimony. And then we went to this one school and uh, this lady that was a Satanist that began to manipulate and run this whole group who they made a whole movie about and they called them, uh, they put them into, they called them the serial killers of Krugersdorp. And wow. uh, the Krugersdorp is the city name. They changed the name on the movie. They called it Devil City. Uh, we planted a church right in the middle and we're having revival in Come that city. On. 
We have so many people that come in that are possessed, that are getting delivered, saved, set free. There and uh, but I was on the hit list, so they killed 14 people. I was number 15. So when I found out I was number 15, the police phoned me and said, "Listen, we got your photos and everything in front of us. Uh, you're next." So I could only trust in the power of Christ on that one. Come on, but that was after my salvation. I want to get back to just before uh, my salvation. You know, I conjured up demons. Uh, this gave me a lot of power in school. It gave me a lot of power in. Uh, it gave me a lot of acceptance, but um, uh, uh, the things that opened up to the spiritual realm is what scared me. And what I believed, I still had a fear of God in me not to cross over to a certain line. Um, you know, there was one where there was one moment where one of our friends in the drug den where I was living, look, at this time I ran away from home, living in a house where the parents allowed all of us just to take as many drugs as we want. So wow. you'd literally walk into the door, you would have bowls of pills, as you can just take bowls of LSD that you can take. There's girls available for you. You can do whatever you want. And, um, and uh, I remember this one guy had a bad trip, a friend of mine, and uh, he had a bad trip. He was completely out of his mind. He was possessed completely. But what happened was the demons took over his body and began to kill the animals in the house. And the demons would speak through him. And uh, now he's on a bad LSD trip. And I'm looking at this thing and I know I'm in the occult. I know I'm practicing these things. I'm calling up demons. And uh, uh, they lock me in a room with this guy. And I'm sitting in a room with this guy. He's just about to kill the cat. Uh, he's ripping the cat's head off. I got the cat out away from him. Uh, then he jumped through the window. He, um, I pulled the guy back into the room because we had to keep him in the room until he calms down from a bad trip. Some people can stay 10 days on a bad trip. And um, so I hold this and I remember I, I saw, I looked in the corner of my eye and I saw a Bible lying there. I'm, I'm, I'm in the occult. Come on, and I go thought, there. Okay, you know, <laughs> these are, um, these are, uh, 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 these are, um, uh, you know, this is getting, this is getting heavy. And I remember in the past, uh, things of the Bible. And I remember taking the Bible. I just opened up Genesis one, didn't know how to read the Bible. And I sat the guy down and I began to read. And as I began to read, he calmed down. And as I stopped reading, he would rip the, he would try to rip the Bible out of my hands, tear, tear pages out. And I would read again and he would be calmed down. And I did that for about 14 hours, just reading wow, the Bible to him. And in the same hours. way, it was ministering to me, you know, at the same time. And this guy got calmed down. And uh, then things progressed more for me in the occult, things that I've never shared before. Um, never shared it in a school where I did all my testimonies, never shared it with my friends, uh, never shared it with my family, what I'm going to share right now. Never shared it on any public platform on how I got initiated into the occult. Even though it was self-styled, I was targeted by the enemy. Yeah, because of the call of God in my life, you see a prophet is ordained before he is born. So many times the devil will know and see the calling and see the star mm. on people's lives, the destiny, the star of destiny or the glory on people's lives. And, uh, and he wants to steal that star. And the way that star is stolen is by um, uh, sex slaves that are being sent or people to send, especially when it comes to women, uh, men to come and sleep with them when they were young, steals their stars, it steals their glory. But what happened to me was we were at a party in school. So the schools had these parties at night that we could go to. And, um, and we were there, we were on drugs, we were drunk. And I remember there was this one girl, she was a bride of Satan. She had a satanic Bible. She was a generational Satanist, this girl. And um, I, was about, I was about 15 years old, 16 years old. I would say 16 years old, 15, 16 years old, that, um, that uh, uh, 
I remember her taking my hand like this. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little bit demonstrative right now to explain the seductivity of it. You know, I remember just taking my hand like this and said, Come, let's go. And everything in me stopped because I knew what was going on. I knew that if you sleep with this girl, you're being initiated mm. and you're being initiated into the occult. And I said, No, leave me alone. And I'm just sitting and I'm taking my drugs and I'm taking at that time we would do everything we can. So we would put Ben's, uh, I don't know what they call it in the United States, but it's a type of fuel and we'll throw it in balloons and we'll blow it up and it pops into our into our lungs and you get out of it for like 20 minutes and you know you would smoke weed on top of it and do all those type of drugs uh, together with LSD. That night I was on LSD and ecstasy and she would come to me again and she would take her hand like this and and begin to seduce me and i said no 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 i don't i don't want to and i was still a i was still a virgin at that time you know so uh they come for those who are virgins and um uh, uh and by the third time i was so out of it i was so drunk i didn't know what i was doing and i remember the hand came again and she pulled me and i was just walking aimlessly and she i was like walking behind her and she pulled my hand like this as if she was leading knowing exactly what she was doing obviously and uh i remember the principal's car lights goes on right in front of us the principal's showing his finger but he didn't really care much he was also in the occult uh we'll leave that one alone and then um and then <laughs> then we we walked and we walked and walked over the rugby fields uh the sport fields and um we got to we got to a bathroom and I remember in the bathroom, as I went into the bathroom with her, she shut the door uh, behind it and she said, now's the time. I said, what time? You know, I'm like, I'm out of it. I'm really out of it. All I can remember is just everything was wavy. It was acid. It was, um, I was thinking I was in another country. If you want, you on LSD. I didn't know what was going on. And the next thing, she had no clothes on no clothes on and she was busy taking off all my clothes obviously there was a ritual being made right there um uh, uh there wasn't time for a pentagram for candles for anything like that but that's what she usually does but there wasn't time because i remember looking out of the door and uh, there were people walking towards the bathroom and so she wanted to do this thing quickly to get it done and uh, uh, uh before these people come in i remember them trying to come into the bathroom this woman is having a sexual encounter and ritual with me, but she's kicking the door closed, keeping the door closed with her one leg. It was it was vicious. And, uh, you know, so that's how Satan tries to steal the call of God on people's mm. lives. When he sees you're a young person, you're pure. Yes, I gave my life to the occult, but I was a virgin. And virginity counts a lot, especially when you're a woman and it comes to the occult. If they can get somebody who is a virgin, they get more power. And we've done deliverances on thousands of people and uh, this is how it works so um especially in african condition uh, uh, traditions but uh when it was over i remember sitting with the in most incredible shame and guilt and regret and obviously that opened me up and that opened up my sexual passions and from there on i slept with women uh, because then i was in a drug house there was women available for us everywhere at the same time but that moment there i never saw that woman again never saw that girl again but i was initiated there into the occult after that i remember sitting in my room and i was uh i had to study but while i was studying i was cutting myself i was listening to stuff like cradle of filth pantera those type of music and um and uh and the next thing as i'm sitting things start moving in my room and i hear voices now i'm alone at home and 
my eyes open, my spiritual eyes open, because I opened it through the occult, through rituals, and my spiritual eyes open. My third, I didn't mean not say spiritual eyes, let me say third eye. My third eye opened, and as I looked, this demon appeared right next to me and said to me, as a human form, and said to me, I have to, my assignment is given to kill my father. And I knew wow. that when I do that, I would commit suicide and said that if I do not do that, two family members will be taken and my life will be ruined from that wow. moment on. I will have nothing, I'll have no fame, no power. These are things I have never revealed to people. The reason I've never revealed it, we have a lot of occult, uh, those in the occult in South Africa after us as a ministry. We get death threats weekly. My wife and I get death threats weekly. We have people following us. We have uh, our kids being trying to be kidnapped. We have we have just the most ridiculous things happening. I'll have on my phone, Isaiah, I don't know if these things happen to you. I'll have on my phone, I have my IT guy here, so they, they don't understand it, you know? So I have on my phone, a message will pop up and just say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot your wife in the head and rape your daughter. Wow. And then when I click on it, it's gone. Wow. And, uh, you know, and then they can't trace it or we'll have emails sent to us. The largest thing that happened was an email was sent to me by a girl acting as if I seduced her, but the email, oh, sorry, the email was sent to her from me, but it was sent from my device. And these guys are saying to me, but Leon, this is the IP. This is going to your device. I said, guys, I said, I was on a phone call that night. My wife was lying next to me in bed that night when this happened. And uh, they don't understand how the things of the spirit works. And luckily, I thank God, when that email was, was finished, written at the end, my team members said, that knows me for very long, they said, Leon, we know you don't write like that. You never write like that. That is not your writing. That was somebody else's writing. And we found out this was a sex slave that was sent into our church to sleep with me. She couldn't wow. get it right. We had about five sent in to sleep with me. They couldn't get it right. Their eyes would go dark and they would run when we would have some power clashes or encounters. They didn't come in and get delivered. Uh, <laughs> so some, some of them would, would run. Look, look, I think we had three that ran and we've never seen them ever since. Ran and they've never seen them. So they get sent to us. So that is how I got initiated. So directly after that initiation, that demon came to me and said, gave me my first assignment to do. Um, it was, I had a hatred towards my father, but murder was not in my heart. But this was an assignment that was given that if you don't do it, you'll be tortured you'll be tormented and you'll be blackmailed because with the initiation, there was probably photos taken or there was things taken. There was that. And what they do is they threaten you. They say they're going to show us to your parents or show it to the public or show what you've done or show the drugs and all these. That is how they keep people in the occult. Wow. And, uh, and I can get into programming and dissociation and dissociative programming and fragmentation of the mind. And we have a lot of that going on in South Africa. That luckily hasn't happened to me. But um, I remember I said in my heart, I'm not going to do it. And I was ready for the torturing. But thank God it was the moment that I got saved. Come on. Uh, I got saved directly after that. And the way I got saved was in a drug den, taking drugs. Uh, just a normal Sunday. I think it was a Saturday evening. It was a Sat It was a Sunday evening. Sunday evening, I was taking drugs with my friends. And here one of my friends walked in. My ex-drug dealer walked into the house. But he had such fire in his eyes. And I'm looking at this man and I'm thinking, you look way different. You know, he's now in my church at this moment. So uh, I said Come to him, on. you look way different. And uh, he came and he sat right in front of us on his knees. And he took my hand. 
And he began to preach the gospel to me. In a drug house. You're in a drug house right now when this I, is happening. In a drug house. And it was my ex-drug dealer. You know, wow. so um, because what happened, how I actually got, how he got there it was the night before we had a party where the police chased us and um, the police chased us uh, because we had a hit and run. Uh, the guy that I didn't do the hit and run, I was just in the car. The guy who did the hit and run began to chase away. The police helicopter chased us with the car and we went and hit underneath the tree by this guy's house who was Iris. I said, I know this guy is my drug dealer. It will be safe there. Let's go park there. So his mom came out and banged on the door and told us to leave and all this stuff. So we left. And obviously she told him that I was there. He came the next day to the house where I was taking drugs. His life in the meantime, the last three months, he had a radical encounter with God. Come on. Um, he became a youth pastor. Uh, just his whole life got changed around. So he came into the drug den where I was sitting the next night, taking drugs, took my hands, began to speak to me and preach the gospel to me. And I remember pushing him away. And I said, I don't want any of this Jesus stuff. I said, I've seen it. I've heard it. I don't want it. It's boring. I don't want it. And uh, he took my hands again, but he spoke with such power in his mouth and fire in his eyes Come on. that, uh, that I couldn't deny what he was saying. And he kept saying that I'm going to go to hell. And I couldn't even hear the message, what he was saying, but I could feel the power and I could see the fire. And I knew what was in him and who was in him was stronger and mightier than what was in me. I knew what was in me was beginning to shake and beginning to rattle. Whatever demons I had was beginning to shake. And I remember him saying, let's stand and pray. And I just stood up. I was in a, you know, you, you're so demonic you just obey i just stood up and uh, he laid his hand on my head to pray for me for salvation i said the salvation prayer and the next thing i opened my eyes i was on the floor getting delivered and uh, uh, that Come night on. i got delivered i got saved set free and i went back to my house my house was full of drugs and cocaine and house parties and uh, so i had to literally walk into my room get girls out of my bed out of my room tell them to get out because i'm like radically saved one night i'm like get out i'm praying and i'm reading my bible so I closed the door and I st that's where my journey started. I gave my life to Christ. My parents weren't saved yet. So they were very upset. They kicked me out of the house because I became too radical. We did so many deliverances, Isaiah. It was within the first six months of my Come salvation. The, the people were queuing up outside of my room, through our house, through our Come living room on. outside. And my parents obviously got very upset about that. And we would just do deliverances. Eventually, they put me in the outside room to live in. I lived in the outside room. And then my, my, my father, the one day, called me in and he, and he was so possessed also. And I really couldn't do anything with him. It was too familiar. familiar. And uh, he said to me, I'm going to hell and I must leave the house. I left the house went and stayed with my Christian friends, still carried on preaching the gospel. And uh, from that moment on, I went into full-time ministry immediately at the age of 20, began to serve in the church. And then my parents began to get saved. Uh, my father passed away. My mother is now in our church. She's fully saved, Come speaking on. in other tongues. Um, you know, so then ministry started for us. We went, I served for 10 years, one of the greatest men in, uh, in this nation who was uh, one of the strongest deliverance ministers and prophets in the nation, served him for 10 years. He was my spiritual father until he sent me out into ministry. And uh, I did itinerant revival ministry all over the nations, United States, Europe, UK, some islands and etc. From there, uh, we then planted a church. An angel came to me. I know that angels came to and created Mormonism and all this stuff, but you know, one gift that the Lord gave me as a prophet, and I want to I want to really amplify on this, is that prophets has relationships with angels mm. more than what other gifts have. 
And that is why prophets get very persecuted and they are being tuned that they are worshiping angels. We are not worshiping angels. They are just around us. You see, when we prophesy to people, usually, usually it's not the Holy Ghost talking to us. It's an angel talking to us. Mm-hmm. And this is very clear. And we can look at through all the prophets in the New Testament, in the Old Testament. We can see the prophetic angel with Daniel opening up the prophetic writings to him. We can see, we can see angels associated with prophets all the time. And, um, and uh, so I, it was after I did item ministry for a few years and I was sitting in and we began to get really attacked, really a lot of persecution in this nation. I was a revivalist and uh, I was sitting in my room and all of a sudden I saw a man standing next to me that was tall he was bright shining light bright tall and he took my hand and we were walking in a field and as we walked in a field he was so gentle but warrior like and he was tall long hair and he looked at me and he said to me he said listen do not go and do a crusade in this city do not spend money on doing another crusade i want you to plant a church of the supernatural called encounter on the 18th of september and it vanished. I came out of the vision. And uh, then I was in another vision with a general in front of me where a spotlight came on me and said, I'm sending you out to plant a church. And that is where Encounter Church was birthed. It was three months and we exploded. We, ex- we had to move to the next building. We exploded more. We had to get multiple services. Um, that same angel came to me in 2017 and uh, said to me that because i've been a prophet from birth but i never wanted to take the title because it was such a taboo it was so rejected i I did not want the title and um uh uh, uh, and this angel came and rebuked me i I remember sitting preparing for a new year service and uh, in my living room and the same angel appeared and we all know that we have ministering angels so you have ministry angels you have office angels office angels as angels that is given to you for your office whether you're an evangelist a pastor a teacher prophet or apostle and this angel of mine appeared to me and said to me i'm sent from the throne room of god to tell you to stop insulting the call of god upon your life you are a prophet and he disappeared and uh by that time everybody already called me prophet my whole church called me prophet but i didn't i battled to accept the call fully and uh, from that moment on i accepted it fully and uh, the moment when we accepted it fully the persecution happened in this nation that i probably went through the darkest years of my life every minister everyone in south africa knows it. every minister knows it but they saw god pulling us out of it they made national tv shows over at us about us satanists made national tv shows about us um said i've got a luxury jet i, I still want to see the jet i take I it know, as a prophecy. i'm trying to borrow it you have one man <laughs> and um they said i'm doing money laundry and all this stuff and then they but the mistake they did they played um they played clips of our church and they chose the most anointed clips to play. Come on. <laughs> and uh, the one witch that was sitting there that said she was a she was a um, victim of our church and she was there to spy. She was a victim. So she said, uh, no, so so there was this famous actress that was asking her the question saying, you know, does Prophet Leon really have power that when he lays hands on you, you fall over? And they said, um, and this witch said to her, uh, uh, she said, you know, he doesn't push people over. He came to me. And there was just a power coming out of him and I fell over, you know, and, and this, and I'm thinking, so my Jesus or, or because they, they, they witch, but they think they Christians. So Mm. I was thinking, okay, so my witchcraft, which because they said I'm witchcraft 
he is stronger than your Jesus because wow. he can push your Jesus over. Wow. And the actress was that was that was conducting this whole meeting, this national TV show, was confused. She was like, "But but you know, you why are you falling over? So it's not fake." And then they would ask another witch, and uh, uh, well, ex witch, witch. Uh, I'm not going to get into that just for the sake of of some past and history we had about that. But uh, and they all went on this TV show to kind of discredit my ministry with theologians and everything on, and uh, they. Said and she began to manifest on the live TV show and said, I can also have a voice. Leon is not the only one who can have a voice in this country. I can also have a voice live on TV. Wow. That's the that the person had to tell them, listen, you just calm down. Why do you hate Leon so much? You know, it was it was amazing. So, so there our churches kept on growing. And uh, but that's where we are right now. And then the churches began to explode and plant and uh and we have revival every uh, every meeting we have revival conferences. We have international visitors flying in. We've got uh, people flying in from all over the nation. Uh, online, we're right now one of the biggest and most watched. Um, you know, it is incredible what God has done. But we went through hell of persecution, death wow. threats. My wife and I moved probably about ten times. Um, the uh, uh, I, I can't even you know my mind even can't even think of how many things have happened from military intelligence agents phoning us from people saying money laundry from our accountant stealing money over a million from us to a lot of things happening. But wow. it was all to the glory of God. <laughs> and I'm listening to your testimony, and there's many in the chat that are like. God can't save my kid. God can't save my daughter. They're too far. Listen, nobody is too far from the grace and the hand of God. If God places a call on somebody, like you said, from birth, there's nothing the enemy can do to stop it. I even think about my life all the times the devil tried to kill me over and over and over again. God kept sparing me supernaturally. And it was because I had parents that were praying and I had the call of God in my life. So if you're praying for somebody, you're in the broadcast in the chat right now. And you say, man, I've been praying. Be encouraged today that now is the day. Day yes. of salvation that if God can encounter you in a drug house in a yes. whore house in a crack house it doesn't matter where you are the Holy Spirit can encounter you I wanted to touch yes. on something now here here's the bottom line reality many of you watching the chat you're gonna struggle with this the American church struggles with this I can't speak for the church in South Africa but it sounds like it's similar to the church in America yes the taboo of the prophets the evangelists, the apostles. Guys, let me show you this in Ephesians 4.11. It says this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. So Paul is making it clear to the church of Ephesus, Christ has given the church gifts. What are those gifts? I, if, if Christ has a gift, I want the gift. So what are those? And this is what he says. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. These are Christ's gifts to the body of Christ. And the sad thing is we slander these gifts. We neglect these gifts. Like right now in America, 95 plus percent, more more than that, 98% of churches is pastors. Everybody's a pastor. No matter what, you're a pastor. Doesn't matter if you fit the label or not. We don't believe in prophets anymore, which we need to do more videos on this. We haven't, but we will. We don't believe in the apostles anymore. We really, yes. we say, oh, you're an evangelist because, you know, you go and do like you do a play and then you invite people to pray the sinner's prayer. Like that's not an evangelist, right? You go around getting people to repeat a prayer <laughs> after you, or you're a teacher because you've done one discipleship program and you just, you know how to, you know, teach one thing out of the Bible. And so now everybody's a shepherd. Everybody's a pastor. So we've literally, the gifts that Christ has given us, just like the spiritual gifts that we neglect, 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts that God has given, we neglect. So even yes. me, even you saying, you know, you accepted the fact that you're a prophet, we all sit and go, oh no, don't call yourself a prophet. That mindset of we shouldn't call people prophets 
is an anti-biblical mindset. That's a Western mindset, yes. a religious mindset that is not scriptural. The Bible makes it clear the prophets, the apostles. Now, Isaiah, where's the verse that says prophets aren't for today? Where's the verse that says apostles aren't for today? And where, I'll tell you where the verse is, nowhere. There's no verse in the Bible that says prophets are not for today. There's no verse in the Bible that says apostles aren't for today. There's no verse Come in the on. Bible that says evangelists aren't for today. We have a yes. watered down gospel that's been preached and perpetuated that says we can only be pastors. And it's, it is an epidemic because we're missing out on the full function of the church. We're yes. running off of one cylinder instead of the five cylinders that God has called us to walk in. So talk to me a little bit about what is going on with this? Why is it? Because the chat wants to know, we all we all are frustrated by this. Why is it, do you think, that everybody's a pastor? And why have we neglected the role of the prophet, the role of the apostle? I already know after this video, they're going to make videos about us. That we're, This is going to be on a Heresy Hunter video. Oh, Isaiah Saldivar, hey, prophet. I saw myself on a Heresy Hunter, same oh, Heresy yeah. Hunter site oh, dude, as you. They're, they're, going to be, we're going to, they're going to tag team us, right? They're going to be so excited that we're partnering up here. So they'll have, they're going to have all the fresh content to make about us. But why is it that it's so slandered even by, and it seems to me like the most intellectual Bible teachers, they believe this the least. And it's so clear, yes. like right here in Ephesians 4.11, there's no debating, no arguing, doesn't matter what, oh, well, the Greek says the Greek is the same as the English. These are gifts that God has given to the church. Why do you think, in your opinion, these have been neglected or people are afraid? And I've, I've fallen into this too. It's not just these Bible teachers. I've gotten, it's like, people have said, oh, Isaiah, you're a prophet. I'm like, oh, don't call me that. You know, don't, I always have said that over and over my whole life. And at the same time, like you said, the Lord rebuked you and said, why are you speaking bad about my calling? Like, this is what yes. God is doing and what God has said. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I think, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little bit controversial. I'm, I'm gonna get a little bit untouchy on some things. Go and for it. Welcome to the show. <laughs> That's our show. Scriptural as well. You know, so let me first say this, that you can never enter the fullness of your call unless you accept the name of your call. Come on. So if you are called as an evangelist, but you don't want to call yourself an evangelist because you want to be humble and you want to be, it's a, called a fake humility. Mm. And God is not into fake humility. It's called, it's actually pride because you think you know better than God. Wow. Uh, you see, you see, if I'm a prophet and I call myself and I call myself a, uh, 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 if I'm a prophet and I call myself a, 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 a pastor. This is another problem as I, as I, is that if I'm a prophet in South Africa, we have that. We have a lot, we have some prophets, but they call themselves pastors, you know, because they feel too, they feel it is, it is, it is, it is more humble to say that I'm a pastor rather than to say that I'm a prophet. But in the same way we are saying we know better than God because God called us a prophet, but yet we want to rather prefer a pastor. And I think that is very offensive to God. And that is why, and I've seen personally prophets of great stature that has never entered into the fullness of their call because wow. they were too humble to accept that call. You see, to accept the call is not pride. To call yourself a prophet, to call, and I'm not saying call yourself a self-appointed. That's another thing we're going to get Go into ahead. right now. <laughs> Jezebel was self-appointed. Okay, Go so you ahead. get self-appointed prophets. But uh, if you if you call yourself a prophet because you God called you a prophet, and we'll get into the signs of who can call themselves a prophet, because there is certain rules as to 
and qualifications for a prophet, for somebody to call themselves a prophet. There is qualifications, um, which I'm gonna, which I'll get into just now as the Holy Spirit leads. But, but uh, uh, people, people, people are afraid, Isaiah, for the prophetic and the apostolic because f- for teacher, the evangelist, and the pastor, it seems like it's chaotic. It is a realm of the supernatural and dimension of revelation that they cannot tap into. Mm. So because they cannot receive it, it must be from the devil. Come on. Uh, because they they cannot prophesy. And now we get into the forensic prophecy because this is another thing that I got really attacked on. I don't call it forensic prophecy. I call it rather specific prophecy. So I would say we would call out people prophesy. I mean, just this Sunday, I called out a man. Um, never seen him before. Uh, at our church, we have visitors all the time. I've never seen this man before. I called him prophesy. I called the, as I walked past him, the Lord said to me, tell John, one, two, three. So I called this man forward. I said, so what's your name? He says, Charles. I'm like, okay. Uh, I said, look, I'm sorry, but God is telling me I must speak to a John. So the guy starts laughing. I said, why are you laughing? He says, my second name is John. I said, wow. great. I said, John, this is what God, what God is saying. And we'll get into ages and we'll get into, into, into birth dates. And now I've stopped that because of Facebook. Because you have so many Facebook prophets that get all that info from Facebook. And, but what God would do with us, he would give us info that's not on Facebook. Come Stuff on. that only that individual knows. And once that is prophesied, that prophecy is so inspired and supernatural that the fruits thereof will speak. And so so they are intimidated. It's a, it's a fact of intimidation. I'm sitting right now with a situation in South Africa. This is a very sensitive situation to mention. Um, uh, uh, we are here in the battle of the battle of the fivefold, but uh, <laughs> you know, some of your top, top ministers refuse to believe in the prophetic and the apostolic. And obviously, I'm getting the guns and uh, because mm. I'm the one with the public platform I'm the one with with that's the prophet I'm the one so we're getting it from all sides but they are trying to get into the cessation of the apostle and the yep. prophet the cessation of the gifts now Ephesians chapter number 2 verse 19 says that apostles and prophets are the foundation of the church and the chief cornerstone now we can say yes but those were the apostles and the prophets that was prior but the verse also in the Greek speaks of a continual sense we need to understand that context it's speaking in a continual sense. Why would there be, if apostles and prophets ceased, or if prophets ceased by John, a lot of people say prophets ceased by John. If prophets ceased by John, why was Agabus there? Why yeah. was Silas yeah. there? Why was Judas there? There were so many others who were prophesying one-on-one, and there is no difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament Come prophet, on. except that the Old Testament prophet was the exclusive voice of God, and the New Testament prophet is no longer the exclusive voice of God. The Holy Ghost is the exclusive voice of God. So there is no difference in authority, because we have this other saying where people saying but you know that's there's a difference between the old testament and the new testament and they want to dilute the authority the anointing the power of the new testament prophet another mm. fallacy another um myth is that prophecy should be edification exhortation and comfort it's now good. let me just explain let me just explain there is dimensions of prophecy you get the spirit of prophecy you get the gift of prophecy you get the 
office of a prophet. Now that's just three dimensions. It goes a little bit more to seven, which is the uh, prophetic preaching, prophetic presbytery. Uh, it goes deeper in the ministry of a prophet. But just to really make it make it make it simple, it is the spirit of prophecy. Revelation nineteen verse ten, which says the, that uh, the testimony of the Lord Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You have the gift of prophecy number two, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Come on. And number three, you have the office of a prophet. The office is the vocational gift. Every believer has the spirit of prophecy and can prophesy if they feel the Holy Ghost. Every believer can be given the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is prophecy, as the Holy Spirit wills. But not every believer is the office of a prophet. The spirit of prophecy and the gift of prophecy requires edification, exhortation, and comfort to be the boundaries and scripture to be the boundaries to protect. But when it comes to the office of a prophet, you cannot put an office of a prophet in the boundaries of edification, exhortation, and comfort. They come to bring judgment. They come to bring direction. They come to bring guidance. They come to rebuke. They don't just come to encourage. So a lot of people will say, you know, uh, Leon is prophesying so hard and so harsh. Uh, You know, there's no edification, exhortation, comfort. You have no trust. And the problem is, Isaiah, there is no more training. There's no more schools of the prophets being done properly. You know, Mm. I do schools of the prophets here on this side, and we do it very intensely. Uh, We get into the relationship between prophets and angels. We get into the economy of prophets, the protocol of prophets, and we do those things to train the people up. But we need to understand the dimensions, the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy, and the office of a prophet. And then after Isaiah, I'll speak a little bit on how does a person become a prophet, um, who qualifies for for a prophet and who can call themselves a prophet and what is a true and a false prophet but you see the thing is that uh that why your original question is why is it such a taboo it's a taboo because it is supernatural and anything Mm, that goes into the unknown anything that touches the unknown people become afraid of anything that reaches the unknown people become afraid of and they resist they resist it so you first get a resistance then you get a tolerance then you get an acceptance and then you get a celebration so mm. unfortunately the pioneers of yesterday becomes the persecutors of today uh, the, i'm going to say it again the pioneers of yesterday become the persecutors of today you see the people also need to understand prophecy they i think lockdown messed up a lot of churches because you have all these online facebook tiktok prophets and they would mm. call say and cause nonsense and do not they don't have a church building they don't have a established ministry yep. they don't have uh, references that of people and m- ministries that can reference to them and the, or they are not commissioned or anything like that and they would just talk nonsense and that really messed up the prophetic ministry so there is a certain science to prophecy which is forthtelling foretelling and forthcoming foretelling mm. means uh foretelling means to speak under the gift of prophecy which is a creative ability it means that i decree and declare i say i sp- i don't predict i decree and declare it is under the gift of prophecy for uh, that's foretelling foretelling is prediction foretells that is prediction and then forthcoming is the fulfillment of the prediction or the fulfillment of the foretelling so that's the science of, and the and the metamorphosis of a prophecy the th- just one last thing i want to say isaiah is why people say 
I know a lot of people attack the prophets in the USA with Trump and da da da, and you know, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah, the whole and uh, I, I know I understand that, and I, I, I'm, I'm not putting my opinion or argument on that, but this is where some of them have missed it: is that prophecy operates in, uh, in revelation interpretation and application. When I get a word from the Lord, there is a revelation that comes to me. By that revelation, I need to be in a school of prophets to have been taught or under a prophet, to have been trained on how to interpret what God is saying. Once I interpret what God is saying, I then apply it and it's application and then there's presentation. So what happens is people get revelation, Trump second term or this or some, they get a certain type of revelation, but they mess up the interpretation and they mess up the application and the presentation and they prophesy something too soon and they haven't worked it out, they haven't chewed on the prophecy properly and they mess up that order and then people call them false prophets and they're actually not false prophets. They heard correctly, they just didn't interpret correctly. That's so good and I think that gives the prophetic a bad name you know there's it's it's the same thing with deliverance people say well i experienced bad deliverance or i saw somebody doing they say a fake deliverance which listen guys i've been doing deliverance for 12 years i've never i maybe seen one but i rarely ever see anyone do fake deliverance but for whatever reason religious people again like you said because they don't understand it and they think that they're God's spiritual guinea pig. So they think, well, God has to get my approval first or God has to do it to me. And if I don't speak in tongues, it's not for today. If I've never encountered a prophet or I'm not a prophet, it's not for today. And religious teachers say, well, if I don't see deliverance in my life, then deliverance must not be for today. So they you, they think they're God's barometer. Like if God doesn't do it with me, God can't do it through anybody else. When in reality, yes. the reason why you're not seeing the prophetic is because you live in unbelief. The reason why you don't see deliverance is because you live in unbelief. And we've seen people give these things, whether it's deliverance, whether it's prophetic, a bad name. But if you look at Paul, for example, communion. Paul writes the church and says, okay, guys, you're abusing communion. There's people outside your church starving, hungry. You guys are in the Lord's table at the Lord's Supper. If you guys didn't know what they were doing, they were overeating and they were getting drunk on communion. And those people hungry, poor, outside the church, while they were in the church getting drunk and overeating and using communion as a reason to overeat the food in the church and as a reason to get drunk. So Paul says, you guys are abusing communion. So this is what Paul says, because you're abusing it, some of you are sick, some of you are dying. There's literal judgment coming on you. Yes, yes, so you yes. need to check yourself, look at your intentions and correct it. He did not say, let's just stop taking communion. So Paul did not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Paul said, let's bring correction. So rather than throwing out the prophetic, throwing out deliverance, throwing out speaking in tongues, throwing out being slain in the spirit or whatever gift you or yes. whatever manifestation, let's correct them and say, okay, there are areas of abuse. But in reality, if you look at what makes somebody false, a prophet in scripture, it is living ungodly, preaching a watered down mixed message, denying the Lordship of Jesus, claiming authority from dreams and visions that God hasn't given you and refusing yes. accountability and responsibility. All of the things that Jesus, the disciples, the gospels tell us about a false prophet, none of them are, well, they gave a word and the word didn't come to pass. Because even if you look at Jonah, exactly. Jonah gave, this is the yes. best example of, of, of this in the Bible is Jonah gave a word and the word didn't come to pass. God said, Jonah, I'm going to destroy the city. Jonah prophesies. 
God is coming to destroy the city. The people repent. God doesn't destroy the city. So there are conditional prophecies. And, and most are. When God gives a word, this will help some of you in the chat that have been, God gave me a word. It's never happened. Well, that's because you spend six hours a day on Netflix. Like you have a word that you're going to be used by God, but you don't put any action in. And I always say, you know, you give God three sticks and you ask him to build you a log cabin. It's like, give God something to work with. If you want God to use you or you want to fulfill the prophecy in your life, you got to get off. And I know it's going to make some of you mad, but you need it. You got to get off your lazy tail and go put in work. Start doing yes. something. If you're like, man, God said he's going to use me to reach a million people, then get on social media because you're not going to get invited to a coliseum or an arena. I promise you. Yes. Get on social yes. media, make pages, preach the gospel, learn about cameras, learn about the algorithm, learn how to make a thumbnail, start preaching, start posting, go out there and do the work. The Holy Spirit's the helper, not the doer. So I think what we've done is we've thrown out prophecy. And you know, the Bible says clearly in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, Paul says, do not quench the spirit and don't despise prophecy, but test so, everything you, you know that is said. Go you know it. what's a powerful Isaiah? Sorry, I don't want to interrupt no, you. No, no, like go this. for it. You know when it says, do not quench the spirit and do not despise prophecy, is that the way we quench the spirit is by despising Come prophecy. Come on. That's and, it. And what you, what you said about communion, you, where it says that many has died and slept. Uh, you know, do you know what it says? It says, because they have not discerned the Lord's body. Now, mm. many times people think, that that means that I must in my mind discern Jesus on the cross and, you know, and discern the Lord. No, 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 no. It means I did not discern who is a prophet, who is an apostle, who is an evangelist, who is a pastor, who is wow. a teacher. And I spoke against them. And because I spoke against them, I take communion and I die. Wow. And this is the same about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. There's people right now on YouTube with big pages that blaspheme the Holy Spirit on their live stream and they're, and they're Christian teachers. And they say, they show videos of you or me or Daniel Adams. Hello, Daniel. Yes. I know he's in the chat or Jenny Weaver or Vlad, or I'm just naming everybody Pagani. They put videos of us and say, these guys are casting out demons by the power of Satan. Friend, if you go look at the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, there's no, there's no like, well, we think it means this. You don't need to think what it means. The Bible says what it means. Jesus was driving out demons. The Pharisees looked yes. at him and said, he's doing this by the power of Satan. And then Jesus responds with, you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. You're not talking. Jesus goes, you're not speaking against me. And then Jesus says, if you were speaking against me, I could forgive you. But you're actually speaking against the spirit of God. And that is Come an on. unforgivable sin that I yes. can't forgive now or in eternity. So friend, it is a dangerous thing when we start talking bad against prophecy. Because you're not despising, you know, uh, me or, or despising whoever's prophesying. You're despising the Holy Spirit. When you speak the against yeah. the work of God... You're literally, and I, I look at some of these, you know, heresy hunter videos, and I don't, I don't even want to give them any room on here, any opportunity to get any fame here. I, I look at some of these videos and I'm going like, you don't have the fear of God. How are you not afraid of speaking against the work of the Holy Spirit? Because we can't cast out demons. I've never been able to do anything without the spirit of God. Jesus said, I cast out demons. So here's Jesus. I cast out demons by the spirit of God. Jesus said, I, I'm doing this by the power of the Holy Spirit. So friend, we're not the ones prophesying. We're not the ones doing the deliverance. The Holy Spirit is speaking out of us. The Holy Spirit is moving in deliverance. And man, I am afraid for some of these guys. I pray, Lord, mercy on them, not for my sake, yes. but for their sake, yes. because they're blaspheming. They're speaking against the spirit of God. And I would, I really want to put up a strong red flag warning to every single person watching this. 
before you call somebody a false prophet, be very careful before. And that is why people say, why don't you ever make videos about this guy being a false teacher, a false prophet? Because if I think there's a guy who's a false prophet or teacher, if there's a 1% chance he's not, I'm afraid of speaking against God. I'm afraid yes. if I come against that guy, there's a chance I'm coming against God himself. And like Gamil said in the book of Acts, let's leave these guys alone. Because if you come against yes. them, you might find yourself fighting God at God. war with God. So we yes. really need chat. Cause a lot of you in the chat right now, you are so quick to say, Oh, Todd white. Like I just told them last, last night, we're going to have Todd white on the broadcast soon. And they got in here and said, Oh, Todd white's a false teacher. Isaiah, don't bring him on. And they say that about everybody, right? This guy, this guy. And I'm thinking <laughs> like, you're so quick to call whoever a false teacher. Yes. Like you have no fear, not realizing if you're and they wrong. Don't even do, and they don't even do any or half There's of no what evidence. Talk, talk there's no evidence, right? I tell them, show me one clip of a false teaching. Like, well, I don't really know. I just watched some guy on YouTube in his mom's basement <laughs> making a video. And in my mind, I'm like, man, you should be afraid of speaking against men of God. Even if you don't agree with them, maybe you don't agree with yes. them. You don't have to, but shut your mouth because you might find yourself against God, against the judgment of God. Those are some of my thoughts. What are some of your thoughts on everybody's, it feels like now on YouTube, I'm very integrated in YouTube culture, so maybe it's just me seeing it, but I feel like now everybody thinks, you know, everybody calls everybody a false prophet. It's like, it's a loose term. Everybody's a false teacher to these guys. Is, is there a danger in doing that? What are some of your thoughts on what yes, makes somebody I, a false prophet? Yes, that's a very good question, Isaiah. You know, I mean, my, I have a whole, I have a full-time team that deletes my comments before it gets to me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so, there you go. So, so um, because what it does, it poisons your spirit and it poisons mm. your ability to prophesy. It really yes. destroys you. That was one of that was one of the ways that actually burnt me out. One of the things that burnt me out because if I would say to you, we would get hundreds of messages a day that says, I'm not even speaking about the death threats. I'm just speaking of hundreds that are saying I'm a false prophet or I'm a son of Satan or I'm the beast I'm the false prophet in South Africa you know it's um, I, and, and it gets to you eventually it gets to you eventually and never think it doesn't get to you it gets to you eventually but they, they do these things they they uh, they, they uh, we, we've seen them all over I um, I've been called false prophet more than true prophet um, <laughs> but you can never you know there's a story where Elisha I think it was Elisha that he was sitting and he stopped the messenger at the door uh, the king he wanted to give a, he wanted to give a uh, he, he gave a word to the king that the king is going to die, and uh, the king was uh, they sent a messenger to Elisha, and uh, the king then was behind the messenger, but Elisha stopped the messenger at the door. And many times we have to stop the messenger Come at on. the door Go there. because we don't need to hear these things. It will quench the call of God on your life. It will it will it will grieve the call of God on your life. A false prophet is not just somebody that is operating in signs, wonders, and miracles. You know, a lot of times people just hear, or even if people just hear the name prophet, they I, I always say when I was when I was a past past pastor because before I called before I used the title prophet and I used the title prophet simply because 90% of my church called me prophet so and then the angel of the Lord came and told me I'm a prophet so uh, and apart from the Lord Jesus Christ who appeared to me in my room also that was after a 40 day water fast I um, I uh, 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 I said that um uh, sorry, I've just got, I just, I just got a little bit distracted here. It's um, okay. It's four in the morning for that, you too. So no worries <laughs> that, um, you, you know, that, that, uh, 
Uh, wait, wait, what was that now? What you were talking about you, the angel of the Lord came to you, God gave you, told you you're going to be a prophet. Angel of the Lord came to me, God told me about the, about um, that, that I should take the title prophet. But before that, I had the title pastor, you know, and somebody would go from my congregation, from my church and say, oh, my pastor taught such a great message. And they would just get good comments. Now yep. somebody says, oh, my prophet, Dave, such a oh, good message. Man. You're in a cult. Da, 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 da. Yep. <laughs> you know, and it just goes crazy. And um, somebody once, one of my friends, once told me they said listen leon you, you're with this guy and he calls himself a senior prophet i said well he is a senior prophet he's a prophet over prophets like samuel was over prophets yeah but there's no such thing in the bible i said and how can you call yourself a senior prophet i said go okay, ahead but just hold come on. on i said i said hold on a little bit i said i see on your website you have a little beautiful about us section and you sign it off senior pastor yep Come on. And, and we there. can become so legalistic and hypocritical and religious and uh, critical, you know, with things that God doesn't even care about, to be honest. You know, the Bible says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. It's sheep's clothing. It doesn't say shepherd's clothing. Mm. It says sheep's clothing. So the false prophets are not amongst the teacher, amongst the big prophets so much. It's more the false prophets usually is those who are uh, who are pavement prophets or they are parking lot prophets or they are those who are YouTube in the church prophets. that uh, YouTube prophets or they are those in the church that took offense. Jezebel took offense and she became false. She was also self-appointed. Okay. But offense brings a false prophet. Now what makes a false prophet Isaiah is, is very, is very powerful. You get, you get a presumed uh, prophet. That is a presumptuous prophet. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 18 verse 22, it says, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You don't need to be afraid of him. So there's a bit of a balance in that um, in that scripture because uh, uh, we must we can read it in two ways. We can read it in a true prophet giving a prophecy but missing it, but he's still a true prophet. Okay, and the way I say it, people are saying, oh, but if you miss a prophecy, you're a false prophet. No, no, no. It show me one evangelist that got everyone healed in a service. Right. Or that everybody they prayed for, they got healed. Show me Todd White, who he has prayed for, for every single person. Now, just because he didn't get one person healed, is he now a false healer? You know, it doesn't work like that. Okay, if a pastor preaches a message and he makes a mistake, is he a false pastor? Come but on. for some reason, we tag that and label that on prophets. So, But then you get a presumed prophet. A presumed prophet is a prophet that has not been called a prophet. Now, how are you called a prophet? Numbers chapter number 12, verse I believe it is one. Uh, Miriam and Aaron had a situation, a domestic situation with Moses. And they said, is, does God only speak through Moses? And it was basically because he married an Ethiopian woman. And they said that, uh, they said, I think it's Numbers 12 is one. And they said that, uh, uh, but God can, surely God can speak through us also. And then the most scariest words in the Bible uh, appeared there for me. It says, the Lord heard them mm. and uh, called a meeting. And he said these words, he said, were you not afraid to stretch out your hands and touch my servant, Moses, the prophet? And, uh, and then it goes on, it says this, he says to all the other prophets, I speak, I make sorry, to all the other prophets, I make myself known. I reveal myself in a vision or a dream. But to Moses, I speak face to face. So mm. we take that criteria of revealing, making himself known. God must make himself known 
to a prophet and call you a prophet. You cannot call yourself a prophet. You cannot say, I am just a prophet right now and put the label on. Because what will happen is, you see, the devil can only see physically, can't see spiritually. I'm going to say it again. The devil cannot read your mind. Otherwise, you would have known who the Christ is. The devil cannot, cannot, um, he's a spiritual being, but he's not spiritual. Now, listen to me about this one. He's a spiritual being, but he's not spiritual. That is why he needs to see you fast. He needs to see you pray. He needs to see you do certain acts of faith. He needs to, um, he needs to, what the devil does is he sees you put a prophet on your your title and he thinks you're a prophet and he sends the demons that goes to the office of a prophet to you. And before you know it, you want to commit suicide because you don't have the grace that is, that is needed, the measure of grace, the metron of grace that is needed in the office of a prophet. You just titled yourself. And the next thing, your family's a wreck. You are dying. You are sick. You are suicidal. Everything's falling apart because you just titled yourself. The Bible says, I have this one thing against you, that you have tolerated that woman Jezebel who has called herself a prophetess, who is self-appointed. So false prophets are self-appointed. They are presumptuous. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. And they are leading you to other gods it's very simple mm. those are the four things and we overcomplicate it you know a lot of people as i make a mistake and they say i discern this is a false prophet listen who makes your discernment right what's the Come measuring on. stick for your discernment you know uh, or they say that uh you know my bible says that you are a false prophet what is your interpretation maybe you are a baptist maybe you are a calvinist maybe you are an Arminius. what what i don't you know first we need to clarify what is your belief system or your doctrinal beliefs before you can judge me according to the scripture of what who I am you know many times we say these words we say we believe in what some say when we should believe in what God says that's good you know Jesus says what do some say some say you are this some say you're that that's fine but what do you say that I am and then Peter got revelation from from the heavenly father to say you are the Christ the son of the living God so a prophet is so dangerous why is it dangerous you asked me a question Isaiah you said to me after we you know what it means to be a false prophet we judge them by their fruits I want to clarify that fruits not of the Holy Spirit but fruits of productivity fruits mm. of prophecy that has come to pass and fruits of a prod, of a prophetic ministry that has been commissioned publicly there must be a public commissioning at the very least or a recognition but you asked me a question you said to me um how do we um what happens if somebody touches a prophet or if somebody speaks what happens when they speak against these prophets and um uh, 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 uh you know there is when you look at scripture when you look at scripture you see or let me, you know, a lot of people say we use the phrase, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm and blah, blah, blah. And the Heretic Hunter website say that we use this to puff ourselves up. The yeah. truth is still there. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Yeah. And it is a truth. It is, what is harm? Harm simply means it is something that just harms you. It just hurts you inside, even in your heart. It, that is how fragile. Why is God so close to his prophets because they're getting all the persecution they are being persecuted for his voice for his representation that is why god blesses prophets financially 
because they it's called danger pay they taking the flack that other fivefold giftings sometimes are not being taken yeah. they're being called false they're being called this they're being called that so um so uh, 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 i'm just i'm just uh, reading one more thing here so why is it so dangerous to touch a prophet in in the old in in the old testament we see abram lying and we see isaac lying uh about their wives to King Abimelech. And he said to, it, it was either to Abram or to Isaac, I think it was to Abram, King Abimelech said to Abram, he said, the Bible, the Bible says God came and spoke to an evil king and said, you are touching the wife of a prophet. Mm. You know, I mean, the, at that moment, an evil king had more fear of God than Abram. It's, it's, it's shocking. So, so he goes down, he rebukes Abram. He says, why did you tell me this is your wife? And then, but God then said something. He says, he is a prophet. If you touch his wife, you will die and sickness will come upon everyone. But if he prays for you, you will live. Mm. And we need to look at the, at the value of a prophet. John the Baptist, let's look at the value of the John the Baptist, just one point of revelation. King Herod's daughter was dancing and the most beautiful dance. And King Herod said, listen here, this dance was so beautiful. Ask of me anything up to half of my kingdom and I'll give it to you. This woman could have had palaces, properties, lands, riches, fame, everything up to half of his kingdom and she could have had it but she asked him this she said give me the head of john the baptist on a platter meaning the value of a prophet is up to half of a nation up to half of a kingdom and when people begin to understand the value of a prophet of an apostle of an evangelist of a teacher of a pastor that we are not just a minister or a reverend with a white collar but we are a part of christ's ascension gifts put on the earth to represent him. Wow. And I think that's what makes it so dangerous where I don't, I don't do any call out ministries. I don't do any call out ministries. You know, we have one situation right now. I think you might be aware of it. I think it's touched some of your people is the new age movement that is really coming big into South Africa. Yeah. And uh, there's, 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 there's one guy, um, uh, I think very good intentions, but very deceived, very deceived uh, truth seeker, you know, and he's, um, he's just entering into South Africa big time. And it was the first time, not calling him out, but I called him out in love. And I just had to um, address my people as a shepherd uh, because people were falling for those words. And it is amazing how people fall for new age. New age is the new deception that is coming mm. into the body of Christ. I was prophesying it from last year already that it's going to deceive. We have full churches i'm speaking of churches that were associated with yulsong mega churches twenty thousand members big if you go sit in the church service all they preach is new age wow wow that sounds like the american church as well it's all new oh. age principles new age teachings i think that's crept in the church i want to just pivot a little bit here and talk about i know there's yeah. people watching in the chat that are going through addiction that have many people think and they say addiction's not spiritual now you talked earlier in your testimony if you guys are just jumping on where you were doing drugs, this was opening the door to demons. And many people don't realize these demons come in and these demons make you addicted. They give you desires. They give you cravings. They make you want to do drugs. They make you, I've cast out demons that made people want to eat. I've cast out demons that made people want to not eat. Spirit, There's been spirits of, and I know people are going to go, oh, that can't be a spirit. Trust me, it is. Bulimia, anorexia, these people that are addicted, whether it's eating or addicted to not eating or addicted to drugs or addicted to alcohol, don't realize most of the time 
It is a demonic spirit. So we think, Come oh, on. if I just take pills, if I just get prescription, I was just reading a couple weeks ago, and this is something that's starting to come out now in medical journals, and I'm a nerd, so I read these things, but they said now they're finding out, think about how crazy this is, that antidepressants, which is what they prescribe you, if you go to the doctor say, oh, I'm depressed, or oh, I'm this, or oh, I'm that, or I'm addicted to this, or I can't sleep, they give you antidepressants, antidepressants to balance out your serotonin levels, and now they're doing medical journals saying that has nothing to do with depression. Like these pills they're giving you don't help with addiction. They don't help with depression. And if they do, they help you be not addicted to one thing, but addicted to another thing. So now you're no longer addicted to a, this drug, but you're addicted to a pill now. So all they're doing is nothing. Yes. They're just getting you addicted to something else. But I believe tonight by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that God is going to break the spirit of addiction. There's people watching right now. You are addicted to TV. Like. If you were honest about it, you can't go a day without spending one hour, two hour. You know, they say this is the biggest thing right here of addiction that we possibly have. And people yes. spend on average six to eight hours a day on their smartphone. And there's some of you watching saying that can't be true. I dare you to go look at your screen time in your settings. It'll scare you to see the hours that we spend on social media. And you, I know we're addicted to do it because this thing won't go, you know, Think about how, when's the last time this was 20 feet away from you? You can't think of it. Even me, I can't think of the last time this was 20 you know, next, feet away. I, I, said to, I said to Vlad, the next thing we're going to begin to be doing is cast out demons of technology. I'm telling I'm you, man. I'm telling you. Because people are getting zombified and, yep. and possessed by this device. Absolutely. Addicted. And if you look at back in the Old Testament, they, when they were worshiping idols or uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would play a loud sound, they would ring a chime, and then everybody would have to bow down and worship. Everyone, and I, I joke about it, but it's not a joke. It's the same thing happening today. This beings right the ringtone or the bing ding whatever it is yes. and then you bow down you put your head down and you bow down and worship your idol and we spend think about this y'all how many hours a day do we spend like this do you know do you know when the bible talks about bowing down i didn't ever know what this was but bowing means to put your head down that's literally what it means to bow down so we spend hours six to eight hours a day bowing down we bowing really do down. we're bowing our head down what are we bowing our head down before idols idols of TikTok, instagram facebook netflix hulu social media so there is such a strong because there's people watching this and they're saying well i'm not in the occult i'm not addicted to drugs i'm not addicted to food i'm not addicted to under eating or overeating or pornography or lust but you bow down all day long to this thing and you worship this thing and you can't go and i'm, I'm preaching to myself i'm going lord i need to be delivered from this I have to get off of these things and social media because I will spend hours yes. looking at this or looking at that. And I really believe tonight, spiritually, God wants to break the spirit of addiction. We're going to pray for you guys in a few minutes here, but I do believe it's a real demonic spirit. It's not just an issue. The problem with calling demons issues are you don't cast out issues. So what we've done is said, well, that's just an issue. It's not a demon. It's not a demon. It's not a demon. And really the only people that say that are religious people that don't cast out demons. Of course they yes. don't think it's a demon because they don't cast out demons. So they don't know <laughs> what's a demon and what's not a demon. But we can tell you from firsthand experience, these things are demonic and we need to be delivered. And I believe tonight that God is going to deliver. Talk to us just for a few moments about your journey on deliverance. I know we've been going for an hour and a half. I want to respect your time. I know it's 4.30 in the morning for you. It's super middle of the night. Well, now it's going to be morning time. But just briefly <laughs> talk to us a little bit about your deliverance journey. What are your thoughts on 
addiction being a spirit because i know i have friends in the chat right now they're going to push back on me say well brother you know a lot of this is just mental disorders it's not a spirit spirits don't cause i'm more on the side of like no this is a demonic spirit causing us to be addicted to our phones causing us to be addicted to tv causing us to be addicted to food causing us to be addicted to pornography of course addicted whatever it could be what what are your thoughts on the spirit of addiction and that correlation I think first of all, let's let's get into this. Number one, life is spiritual. Yes. Number two, number two, uh, the visible things, this uh, the, the the visible things have not been made from the visible, mm-hmm. but it has been made from the invisible. It's the good. seen things have not been made from the un, from the un, from the seen things, but it's been made from the unseen realm. Everything, this phone, do not come from this visible realm. It comes from an invisible realm. So we need to understand the order of, 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 of how things are being created. Then we need to go to the word sorcery in scripture. Sorcery, which was used for witchcraft, sorcery in scripture, uh, is the word pharmakeia, where we get pharmacy from and pharmaceuticals from. So, mm. you know, already debunks the theory that it is a spirit. So sorcery is a spirit. It is pharmakeia. It is, it, that is why there's big pharma. There's something called big pharma. If you look at the logo of big pharma, you'll see the snake around the, yep. uh, around the thing. And it's speaking of the, of the, of the bronze serpent. And um, so, so most definitely, listen, a lot of people think, because they are Christians, they don't need deliverance. Deliverance is the children's bread. Come on, say it again for those in the back. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Deliverance is the children's bread. Children's bread is staple food. It is something that has requires and or or that contains all the vitamins, all the enrichments, everything you you need to live uh, holy and to live healthy. It is, uh, there might be a staple food in the United States. There's a staple food, for example, if you go to some islands, uh, you will see that there'll be rice and beans as some staple food. That's what they eat daily. It keeps all the nutrients, their vitamins, everything inside of them. It is what they eat daily and it is required to be eaten daily so it is it is it is a children's bread so we see this happening in the story where the i think it was the seraph is it the seraphonician lady where she was where she was following jesus disciples and as she she was crying out for deliverance for her daughter yes disciples his disciples ignored her then she came to g and then they went to jesus they said listen this woman doesn't want to leave us alone i mean his disciples were so carnal and fleshly it's not even funny there's hope for you if 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 you're on the chat box to become a man of god his disciples all wanted position they wanted to know who's going to sit at which throne and even the mother-in-law came and said and she wants some placement and position for her children for her children and her sons in the kingdom that is coming it was a mess so eventually they told jesus jesus says he said these words he says the children's bread is not for the dogs but it is for the children of israel the children the the, the lost sheep of israel it is, okay. I have come for the lost sheep of Israel. It's not for the dogs. So he says the children's bread, deliverance, the, the thing that the woman required, deliverance, he said, is for the lost sheep of Israel, is for Christians. It's not for this lady. She's a Gentile. And obviously she carried on, she said, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs of falls of the table. He says, faith like this, I have not seen your daughter is healed. A lot of people then make it a mistake and they say healing is the children's bread, but it's not. Deliverance is the children's bread. Come on. Meaning even as a Christian, you need to have and go through deliverance continually. You, yes. I do 
do deliverance on my I, now self deliverance is a little bit of a debate it's I don't believe it. it's not scriptural um, I don't believe your first of deliverance should be self deliverance the Bible clearly says that there's somebody else that is involved in that deliverance that pray for your brother who has fallen who has a burden who has pray for you know, one another fervent righteous prayer of a, of a righteous man avails much if you confess our trespasses one to another and uh, I believe in that so but there is a aspect of where self-deliverance can come in once your faith is strong you can go through a month or two months or three months you do deliverance on yourself you get to somebody that can scan you and clean you you confess your sins it should be our daily bread deliverance Mm -hmm. now how i got delivered there was no one who could deliver me in when I got saved. There was no charismatic churches in the nation uh, by us at the time I got saved. There was maybe two or three, and it was like Rama, very big. You couldn't really get in there, couldn't get there. Some of them didn't believe in deliverance. I knew I needed deliverance. Um, the day, the moment I got saved, a couple of demons left me, but there were still demons in me. Mm-hmm. So I then, after my salvation, as I, I had a lot of demons manifesting to me in my face with their teeth, and they would scream in my face or in my ear. Uh, while I'm lying, I'll be lying on bed, just not even asleep, falling asleep, and the demon would be here. Or they would, I would be sitting and praying like this, and a hand, a woman's hand would come and just pull me and turn the wheel, turn, turn the chair around. I would hear voices in my, in my, in my ear. I would have, uh, I would have, I would go to youth camps. I was on fire. I would go to a youth camp, and everybody plays soccer. I'm in my room. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm reading the word, and I'm just taking a nap. And the next thing, I'm in the air and I'm screaming and something's holding me in the air and scratching me. And as I'm screaming, my youth pastor comes in, the guy who got me delivered, and he sees me floating in the air like this and with scratch marks all over my neck, all over my back. So I had to get delivered from those demons. And, um, but there was no one who could do deliverance full on. Then I remember there was one man I met, a minister. Uh, he came to me, he said, Leon, you have a demon. This was about a year in my salvation. Now I was already casting out demons out of others. I was already doing miracles. You know, you don't have to be fully free. I want to expli- explain this. A lot of That's people right. think you have to be perfect to help others. No, I just, I just, I was in love with Jesus. I knew I needed help. I didn't know what demons I really had. I knew That's I had good. some, but I wanted to help others. So I carried on helping and I helped others. But uh, this man came, he put his hand on my on my stomach and something came out of me it felt like vomiting and came out of me and there one left but i knew i still had more left then i was in a conference uh with my spiritual father it was the anointing fell in the place so strong and i remember running to the bathroom and i just began to throw up one after the other after the other and when i stood up from there i was completely delivered and there was Come not on. one voice in my head there was no stronghold never not one stronghold uh, not one lie uh, no demonic bondage no sin in terms of pornography addiction nothing my addictions got broken the first day I want to say this, when those hands were laid upon me spiritually, I didn't have to, I didn't have any withdrawals, nothing. Everything was broken the first day when hands was laid upon me by a young man who was my ex-drug dealer. But the thing is, he carried power and he carried fire. And because he had power and fire, he had the ability to break the power of addiction over my life. And there was no, there was absolutely no cravings. So life is spiritual, sorcery, pharmakia. It is pharmacy. It is pharmaceutical. So, so drugs, these things are spirits. It is spiritual. There is, um, there is uh, no way that somebody can, I know a lot of people are on this old talk of that weed is natural and it comes from the earth and it's herb, herbs and this and that. And listen, I'd rather be on the safe side than, than not the safe side Come as on. a Christian. 
Um, I know people speaking, there's a big thing in South Africa about drinking. You know, is drinking right or wrong? I, I heard how many prophets in America are drinking. I was shocked. I was shocked to the core. I it's mean, crazy. apparently some of your top prophets in America has yep. a boys club. I don't know if you've heard about that. Yep. Boys club and they go down and no women are allowed and it's just hard liquor. And I was shocked. I was like, oh my gosh. But anyway, South Africa, the same thing. They drink wine and they drink... Um, and I'm speaking of top, top, top ministers. And uh, they say, no, but it's in the Bible says, it isn't clear on that. My wife and I made a decision. We rather want to stay on the Come clear on. side. Come There's on. no need to base your eternity on a beer or a, a glass of wine. To, to bet your eternity, gamble your eternity on that. So that's how I got delivered. That's how I got delivered uh, completely. Amazing. And then with that, you know, I met, um, uh, I, I was very close to Apostle Guillermo Maldonado. And um, he was, uh, 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 you know, I was always going to his conferences and his conferences, there's always deliverances. So I always just go through deliverances at his conferences, just making sure I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean. And uh, I was very close to him at lunch, at supper. He actually wanted to ordain me at the time. And, um, but that's why I made sure I'm clean. And then I constantly had this moment where I'm right now. Just the other day, I phoned Vlad. I said, Vlad, I said, I, I, I don't know if there's a curse on my life or a generational curse, but I need you to just scan me and pray for me. You know, um, we're never above, we're never at a place Come where we're on. perfect. Uh, and those of us who do deliverance, we need deliverance too, because there is called secondary trauma. So you need deliverance too. And um, I believe it is something that we have to be humble in. Uh, some a lot. Of, I see so many comments speaking about cigarettes. You know, yep. I want to say something about cigarettes. Um, uh, a lot of people ask you, but is there a spirit of nicotine and this and that? And, you know, I, I, I make it very clear because I stopped all my drugs instantly, but I didn't stop smoking. Smoking mm -hmm. was very difficult to smoke, to, to stop. It took me about four months to stop smoking. I must say that I threw it out of the car window and then I turned the car back, I pick it up again and I battled to stop smoking. And I was even casting out demons while I was smoking, but that's a whole nother thing. It doesn't mean you can do it. It was just Don't the do times that. we were living. It was when he was, was first saved. <laughs> It was just the times we were living in. There was, we didn't know better. We did absolutely didn't know better. You know, I had one Benny Hinn videotape and where he would swing his jacket and everybody would fall. And I mean, I watched that thing a hundred times a day. I mimicked him. I copied his words. I was so hungry for the anointing. We didn't have, in South Africa, we didn't have resources. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have resources where we could find things. And even if these big ministries couldn't get their resources to us. So we just did our best. But people asking about the spirit of nicotine, they want to stop smoking. I want to ask you, I want to tell you this. We're going to pray for you. Whether there's a spirit of nicotine or not, I've had deliverances and a demon would scream out and I'm nicotine. And, you know, I, I have my doubts a little bit. Uh, I always say to people like this, if you have a bottle here and I give you this water and this water says, if you drink this, you will die. Will you drink this water? They mm. won't drink this water. But yet in a packet of cigarettes, it says you'll get cancer and die. Literally kills you. Big warning. And we smoke it, you know, and, uh, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's so I always say to people, listen, understand who you are, your identity, renounce it repent, ask forgiveness, bind that spirit, bind the spirit of cravings, and then bind the spirit of bondage and addiction rather than the spirit of nicotine. Bind the yeah. spirit of bondage yeah. and addiction over that because it's an addiction. Remember, it is not it is not the fact that you drink uh, eating sugar or eat nicotine. It's the same spirit, which is addiction yes. and bondage. 
Rather yes. deal, we deal with that. Pray thing. for us before we end this. Pray for us. Let's pray breakthrough. Let's pray deliverance. Those watching, there's many in the chat right now. As you're talking about that, tons of people are saying, I can't stop smoking. And like you just said, <laughs> it literally kills you. Like they call them cancer sticks for a reason. And the devil yes. will use anything to kill you, whether it's under eating, overeating, or smoking. Yes. It doesn't matter what all these things lead to premature death. The devil's goal is Come to steal, on. kill, and destroy. So he will use cigarettes to do that. Who cares whether it's called a spirit of nicotine, spirit of addiction, spirit of chocolate. Doesn't matter. The devil is using these spirits to steal, kill, and destroy. So Leon, if you would, lead us through deliverance for this. Let's pray deliverance over those watching. If you need deliverance, I know we've been going almost two hours here, but if you need deliverance, if you need breakthrough, this is your moment to say, Lord, I Come need on. this. I need breakthrough in my life. So go for it. Pray with us here. I mean, and I want you to, in your comments, say that, say I receive, uh, if I say to you to repeat stuff like renounce and so on, I want you to write it in the comments, make it visible because many of you are alone right now. There's not a witness there or anything like that. Write it in the comments with a fire emoji, take it by faith. And then as we pray for you and we're beginning to cast out those spirits, let go, let it go, whether it is vomiting, whether it is coughing, whatever it might be, let it go and let that release come and then receive by faith your deliverance. So I'm going to take and lead us now into prayer that Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the blood of Jesus Christ, I pray for your anointing. I pray for the glory of God upon every single viewer right now. Those who are saying here that they are battling with addictions, whether it is drugs, whether it is nicotine, whether it is, uh, whether it is smoking, eating, whatever it is, whichever bondage and addiction they are battling with right now, I pray that there will be deliverance and there will be swift deliverance. I pray for the spirit of deliverance to enter into this place right now. The anointing to deliver, the anointing to set free, to come upon them, to rest upon them right now. I pray and I ask, and I want to ask everybody right now, don't pray in tongues. Once we pray for you now, don't pray in tongues, don't pray in your language, just renounce what we want yes. to ask you to renounce and then let those things out. Don't pray in tongues, don't worship God until the devil is out. Uh, so Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, right now, I ask that you will put this anointing upon those who are listening and watching. Give them the faith, the authority to renounce. Right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to ask you all to say this after me. Say, I renounce the spirit of bondage and addiction. I renounce the spirit of bondage and addiction. I renounce the spirit of trauma in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again. I renounce the spirit of bondage and addiction and trauma in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask your forgiveness and I repent for any addiction for putting my trust, my faith, my peace into something that is not other than your presence. Forgive me and I repent today. I declare myself free. I cast out every spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, associated to this addiction. I cast out every spirit associated to this addiction and bondage and to this trauma in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Father, I take authority over every spirit yes. of addiction. Yes. 
myself and Isaiah standing together in unity. We take authority. We speak to your addiction. We speak to your bondage. I bind your works. I cast you out. I remove your powers from them. I command you to be weakened right now. And you will live their lives in the name of Jesus Christ right now. There will be no cravings. There will be no body aches. There will be no body pains right yes. now. Whether it comes out by vomiting, whether it comes out by coughing, whether it comes out by spitting, whether it comes out just by lifting, by a praise, by a light weight coming out, you will leave their bodies right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare them free. Every single one who has prayed this prayer, I command you to be free in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Many of you being delivered right now. Also, I just wanted to pray those that need healing in your body. Maybe you have lung disease. Maybe you have liver disease. Maybe you've damaged your body. I just pray the healing power of God to be released over you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Be healed now in Jesus name. Be healed by the power of the Holy yes. Spirit. Father, we pray your power be released. Your anointing, your finger, the Spirit of God be released from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. In Jesus' name, all cancer and go now. All diabetes, go now. Yes. All high blood pressure, go now. In Jesus' name, heart disease, go. Lung yes. disease, liver failure, liver disease, be healed now. We command your bodies to come in alignment with the Word of God in Jesus Christ's name, be healed and be made whole according to God's word. We thank you, Lord. Thank Amen. you, I want to pray. I saw just one thing uh, that yep. I really felt led to pray for. I saw somebody, a couple of people saying they lost their taste and smell. Comment on you if you lost your taste and smell. I want to pray for you right now and you'll receive it back right now. The moment I pray for you, I want you to go get perfume or get something to eat come immediately on. and let us know in the comments if your taste and your smell is back. It'll come back tonight. Let me know if it, if it is you that is with your taste and smell, but I'm going to already pray by faith because I'm not going to wait for the comments. I'm going to pray by faith but Tons i want you to of let people us know saying that that's them in the chat there's literally it, hundreds of comments on youtube right now well okay yeah. then i want you YouTube to once Lord. i pray this prayer i want you to go get perfume and smell that perfume get something Lord, to eat uh, and let us know whether you're healed that father in the name of jesus christ i pray i command this healing and this miracle of what they taste and smell to come back in Jesus' mighty yes. name right now. We rebuke the spirit of infirmity. We rebuke the spirit of fear. We rebuke the spirit of trauma. And I declare them free. And I pray the tormenting that they've been through for no tasting, no smelling, that right now the miracle is done in Jesus' mighty name. <sighs> Thank that you'll you, be free, Lord. that you'll be healed in Jesus' name. I want you to go immediately. Go and take something and let us know in the comments if your smell and your taste is back. Thank you, Lord. Man, what an incredible night. The power of God is moving. It doesn't stop here, guys. Let the presence, the power, the anointing of God continue to move. Prophet Leon, thank you so much. Almost two hours. Let us know where else can they find you. I'm going to stay on here after I get you off for a little bit. I know it's, what, almost 5 a.m. for you. Where else can they find you? I want to make sure everyone knows as well. I linked his channel down below. Do us a massive favor. There's almost there's 3,400 of you on right now. 
Go subscribe to his YouTube channel. Get on his content. He has powerful revival services, teachings, live streams, a whole bunch of content. Make sure before the night's over, if you can't afford to give, that's we get it. We understand. Please. But you can afford to subscribe, okay? It doesn't cost anything. It's free, 99. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. Prophet Leon, where else can they find you? Where else can they connect so, with you? So obviously the main one is the YouTube channel, which is they can just type in my name, Leon. If they don't find the link or don't see the link, they can just uh, type in Leon de Priya. Leon Dupree, which is the same there on the screen, the same uh, the same spelling. You'll see my channel coming up, and there we do a lot of niche videos. All our live stream Sunday services on on there, but also doing niche videos on the prophetic and deliverance and spiritual warfare. Come on, and you will be really really blessed by that quality and content. I want to ask you to please subscribe and click on the notification bell. It'll really help us a lot. We're trying to build our YouTube channel. It is very difficult in South Africa because South Africa is very red flagged with many countries, so we can't. Our content isn't really very visible out there. So we're really battling to grow. If you guys can do this, it'll help us so much. And then secondly, uh, you can go to my website, leondepria.com. Uh, it's also my name and surname, leondepria.com. All our stuff is on there. You can get links to our church website where all our sermons are on. Our sermons also on our YouTube. But um, all our stuff is on leondepria.com. People are partnering there. They get becoming prophetic partners. There's, there's just a lot of things they can do on there. Connect with us. Resources, blog sites, articles. Everything is on there. And they can find everything on there. I would say YouTube and uh, and uh, Leon de Prian. and obviously Facebook. Facebook in South Africa is very big. Uh, all my communication is on Facebook. My Facebook page, public page is also Leon de Prian. Uh, you can just search for Leon de Prian. It is the one with 370,000 or 360,000 followers. It's that one that it'll be and you can follow us on that page and you'll see a lot what we'll do. Amazing. Thank you so much, what Isaiah. a great time. We got to do it again. And thank you again. I know it's yes. middle of the night for you. I feel bad. I'm like, it's only it's, 7 it's, p.m. It's the next morning. It's okay. Man, it's the next it's, morning. You literally <laughs> went all night. I appreciate you, man. We definitely have to do it again. Thank you so much for being on. I'm going to be sending you a love offering tonight. So I'll shoot you a text when I'm done here. I appreciate awesome. it. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Love you. God bless. Love, love you, man. You. Take care. What an awesome night, guys. I want to challenge you. Do not get off this broadcast without sowing something. If you can't afford to give, then give into this. I want to send him what a, 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 a love offering. What a powerful testimony, y'all. I'm telling you. I love to hear the testimonies. Help us out tonight by sowing into the broadcast. If you can't afford to give, don't apologize. It's okay. Somebody else will give for you. But if you can't afford to give, sow into the broadcast. And if you're one of those that's like, oh, I can't believe you're asking for money, then guess what? Here's my word for you. Don't give, okay? Then don't give. It's not a big deal. We still love you. You can still come for free and listen to all the content. But again, some of you could afford to give. You have untold amounts of money sitting in your bank account and you never sow into anything that God is doing. So sow into it. We sow into Starbucks. We sow into Netflix. We sow into Hulu Premium. We sow, sow, uh, sow into, I don't know, Dutch Brothers, wherever you buy your coffee. I don't know where you guys go. And so sow into the kingdom of God. It's good ground. I'm going to be sending him a love offering tonight. Amazing what God is doing. He just spent two hours with us in the middle of the night. So Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Life podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content and please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.